says tech can't be human? And I want to tell women, I do tell them all the time, don't look at that job title. Read through the actual, like, what they want you to do, and maybe you understand it in a different way. And don't worry about that stuff. Let them tell you you're not qualified. Don't do it to yourself. Welcome to the Hacker Valley Studio Podcast. We get it. Another vendor running another podcast ad, trying to get you to check out their product. Instead of explaining to you what our amazing sponsor Exonius does, we've brought in an Exonius customer to fill you in. Take it from Jason Loomis, Chief Information Security Officer at MindBody. The sheer excitement of my team to have visibility into what's in our environment and have it all in one location is just I, I can't express how important that is for us. Want to learn more about how MindBody enhanced their asset visibility and increased their cybersecurity maturity rating with Exonius? Watch the video at exonius.com forward slash MindBody. That's A-X-O-N-I-U-S dot com forward slash MindBody. What's going on, everybody? You are in the Hacker Valley studio with your hosts, Ron and Chris. Yes, sir. Welcome back to the show. Glad to be back again. Sometimes when we jump into a podcast recording, I'm shocked by how long overdue some guest appearances are. And this guest is no exception to that. Our guest is a friend, a threat intelligence expert, and also an amazing sales engineer. This episode, we brought in Larcy Robertson. Larcy is a sales engineer at Cyber Reason and also board president of Women in Security. Larcy, welcome and thank you for joining us on the podcast. Hello, gentlemen, and thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. We are happy to have you. One thing we have to get into right away is honestly the women in security stuff that you're doing. We just did the CISO XC and it looked like you basically were pulling everyone together at that event. Would love to hear about how you got introduced to the organization. How has it been and what you guys are up to today? I met lots of CTI people on Twitter and different groups that we're in. And a lady was telling me about she's starting this group in Chicago. And I said, this sounds awesome. She said, she's just meeting up to have brunch and make some friends. And I wanted that too. I mean, I moved from Korea in 2016 from a military lifestyle of myself and my husband into the Dallas area and didn't have any friends. And I realized over the last 15, 20 years, I have to actively seek that out working in technology and in jobs that don't have a lot of women. So I've done a lot of different things, some history on that too. Even when I was in the Navy, I wanted to make new women friends because I just didn't have any in the workshop that I worked in. So I actually became a Mary Kay salesperson just so I could hang out with other women. So this really? has been a long history. Oh. Yeah. long history of me finding ways to connect with other women. And then fast forward, you know, I had the military spouses, groups, and then moving to Dallas, I tried the meetup online with people that those are kind of random people, but you do what you got to do to meet new people. And then I found out about this group, Women of Security, and I looked for one in my area. There wasn't one. I was about to go to RSA. So I reached out to the people that actually started it. Tanya Jenka started it and she's from Canada and she met with me. We did like an interview type 
thing on the phone with a few of the other chapter leaders. And then I met with them at RSA. We had a big, huge women of security and I knew I needed to be a part of this. So back in 2019, I guess that's when that was. Gosh, yes. April 2019, I started Women of Security here in Plano so I could make some friends. And of course, in the industry, because did that meetup, went and saw, met those people. They were great, but we just didn't connect. We didn't have anything in common. Some people just might not want to talk to tech nerds. So I wanted (laughs) to find those women and one, get more women into security, but also have somebody to hang out with. And that was in the same industry, same page. We're all kind of going at the same pulse of what we've got going on in our lives. So that's what my purpose was to go out and make new friends and get more women into security so I could have more friends that weren't just men. I love you guys, but (laughs) we just need some girl time. So that's kind of how it started. I'm pretty happy that we've gotten so many people, new jobs, hired, got some people get hired, mentors, mentees. We really support each other online. We've got chapters all over the globe that are doing some amazing things. And it was tough through the pandemic, but coming out of that, it's kind of gearing up again and we're getting things moving and people are more excited to get out and see each other. And I was energized by the CISO XE, everybody coming together. And and of course the whole organization and all the people that were part of that, I don't know if they even, most people even knew, but when you signed up to sponsor that event, you basically were donating to multiple charities and my group happened to be one of them. And we use that for keeping the website going and Zoom fees and the legal fees for the nonprofit and Hopefully, we'll be able to get to a place where we can give out scholarships for training and help more women get into these security roles that want to transition from different things. I'm getting a lot of those women coming to my group right now saying, you know, I'm a teacher, but I'm not excited about it anymore. It's not really paying the bills and I want to try something new and transitioning or even stay at home mom saying, you know, I've been doing this training. I need to know more people and tell me how to get there. And it's one of those things where you can't really reach out to your husband, your boyfriend, your spouse's friends that's in tech, because more than likely it's a man. And that's probably not really comfortable environment to do that. in. so that's where we come in. And I advertise, send your friends, send your coworkers, send your sister, send your mom, send your wife, send your girlfriend to my meetup so they can find out what we're doing and see if they're interested. So we do a whole lot of a day in the life of whatever role that is, because we found that if I have 10 people in my that show up for a meeting, we all have a different role. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that your purpose is seeking out community. I really identify with that purpose as well. I'm always looking for ways to connect with people, whether it be on the podcast or through social media. And along the way of building any community, I would imagine that you run into gaps. Maybe you would like to have someone join that's not currently in, or you have too many of a certain demographic in the group. And that's always okay, but maybe you want to have a little bit more diversity. What elements can you share about women of security? What are some of the strong areas that everyone can get excited about today? And what are you hoping to see as the group and community continues to mature? Right now, I think the major thing that's doing us good is that we're very unstructured and very welcoming to every woman and even let the guys come if they want to come and support us. Typically, we have some teaching moments for anyone to come. 
the idea behind it is, of course, we want to make sure that the ladies are comfortable with hanging out with other ladies. Our community here in Dallas is amazing when it comes to security. There are tons of opportunities. And typically, it's 10% women, maybe, if you're lucky. Mm-hmm. I don't want to change that by saying, please, in my group, that will change that dynamic. So I still want to say, please, yes, it really is for women of security. But if you wanted to come and learn what we're teaching that day, if you like the topic, and you want to come and participate, I'm not going to turn you away. Occasionally, very rarely, we will have a topic that I will actually say no men allowed. And it's only because sometimes that topic might be something that will keep the women from talking about it. And then we don't really get to the point of what we were doing. Um, I've only had one particular time where I had to turn the men away and I felt so horrible, but it it needed to be done. We were talking about going to conferences, the big ones as a woman and how Mm -hmm. you handle that and what the do's and don'ts and the what to expects and all that. And I didn't want to have the guys there that might have an influence on what people said to each other. So that's it. Other than that, like, I don't mind. We're not going to, you know, tell the guys not to go because you guys do get more women into cybersecurity as well. We can't do it alone. I partner with different groups in the community too. Dallas Hackers Associations are huge about helping us. I work with one of the women in my group. She has the Black IT community. She has her own group as well. And we partner together and make sure the word's out of where to go and where you would fit. Maybe my group's not a good fit for you. And I tell them about it. Like, here's where we have. We have the Pwn School Project. And we're all working together, supporting each other and putting that out there to have someone to make a friend with because nobody wants to go, especially these days when we're all working from home, not have those connections because you will get burnt out and you won't have anybody to talk to or meet up with at the conference to bounce these ideas off of that everybody's learning or share them. So we all want to see each other successful, I think, in this community. One thing that I've always noticed about you and whether you're talking about the stuff you're doing with WOSEC, whether you're talking about cybersecurity security engineering or threat intelligence is strength. And honestly, everyone has a little bit of strength in them, but it might be more noticeable in others. And I can definitely see the strength that you have. Was there something in your life or your career where you had to muster this strength and develop it? Or was this something that's always been a part of who you are? And how has it shown up in cybersecurity? All right, Chris, you know, I was in the Navy. And that does, <laughs> that does something to you. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> 10, years, 10 years in the Navy definitely made me very strong, but also leaving that environment that was very supportive of everything you do. You have a built-in support system in the military and leaving that. And ultimately I still had that when my husband and I were traveling around with his career, leaving that though. Oh, that was tough. Or even just moving around with it without my normal Navy support group finding new jobs. That was a huge hurdle for me coming out of the Navy. I'd been, you know, in a steady same job for 10 years and then stop and pivot to the next thing. What am I going to do? Threat intelligence isn't exactly a job you can do in every location in the country. So that was something I had to like really think about. How am I going to do this? What do I want to do? What do I need to train on? So figuring that out and pushing through and looking for a job and using that networking idea, because I definitely didn't do any networking outside of the (laughs) Mary Kay of finding those ladies as friends. I didn't do any of that ever. I didn't have to. So leaving the military and finding work again alongside another military spouse, moving every two years, 
having to change your job every time. I got really good at networking and really good at interviewing and seeking out those organizations with veterans that help you get ready for that. The struggle is real transitioning from military to civilian life and not really knowing what the job is going to entail when you get there. It's a surprise and it is scary. And I wanted to, at this point, just a few years ago, when I moved to Dallas out of no more military support group anymore, I struggled, but I hustled. And I am so glad that our community here is so active because it opened a lot of doors in the veteran community as well as the security industry. I knew I wanted to do security, but I didn't know they were doing threat intelligence until I'd gotten a job and realized that's not the job I wanted. I thought I was going to be an incident response person and didn't end up being that way. And then I started looking around for more jobs and found out, oh my goodness, corporate America has threat intelligence analysts. I love (laughs) that. You know, Mm -hmm. I had no idea. I didn't know. And once I did and found that and got back into it, I was amazed. And I just want to tell everybody about it. Everybody should know that there's probably, if you worked in intelligence or any IT things in the military, there's probably a job in security for you out there. And you are going to be blown away at what you already know and the experience you have. Even just being in the military without IT, intelligence, whatever, the day you join the military, you're starting some sort of security practice. It might be physical, but it's there. That is one of the things I always say. You have experience. Don't say, I don't have experience in security. Yes, you do. Let's think about this for a minute. And then you Mm. kind of pull it out of them, right? And then they're like, oh, you're so right. Yeah, you have plenty. If you served for your four years, six years, you got that. You just got to translate it into what you're learning now, what that is. Because we did a lot of that from day one. Shoot, boot camp. How much security, I mean, the rules and the regulations of things that you had to do every single day. That's what we do every day now. It sounds like cybersecurity, the military, the process of moving and building a community is just so ingrained to who you are. And I got to ask, what makes cybersecurity so important to you? It sounds like a lot of the things that you think about during your work life and outside of work life really revolve around community and women and cybersecurity? My life kind of revolves around it because I'm a very social person. I like to get people together. I like to see people successful. I want to throw a party every time, you know, they say something great has happened. And I want to celebrate with people. Cybersecurity, I love it to drive because intelligence, finding that thing, hunting that thing or solving that problem, it kind of drives me. And knowing that what we're doing today In this, it's literally helping to secure people's livelihoods, their paycheck, their jobs. It's not just the computers. There's somebody that needs to use that computer. And if they can't, they might not get paid soon, right? Mm, I'm driven by mission-focused purpose. So I think that's what gets me excited about doing it every day. I don't lose that. And I don't know, getting more people involved in that too and seeing their successes and it's life-changing for some people, you know, they might have pivoted from something that just in the financial part of life of building your way of life, it changes things. I know even for me, it did like keep going up from military paycheck to what we're doing today is sometimes I want to just pinch myself, right? (laughs) I want to help other people get that too, because it's not 
everybody seems to think that you have to be this extreme technical math crazy spending all the time on the numbers and whatever for cybersecurity. And it's not like that. You just need to be able to have grit and ambition to learn something and then actually do it. Grit, ambition, networking, all really, really important things to keep in your toolbox. I would imagine that all of the the networking you did, all of the interviewing you did, probably sets you up for your position now, which is sales engineering, taking that technical and bringing it into that human component. What was that transition like for you? It was kind of suggested, and you're right, because I've become so familiar with talking to new people, especially interviews, because I practice so much with different ways of doing that. I think it definitely set me up for success in this, but also just all the experiences I have are helpful for telling a story of how you can make this work or how this might work better for you. Or those experiences are huge. And for me, because it gives me credibility. So I'm not just a parrot being told what to say to my potential customers. So I've done pretty well with that and showcasing my expertise into almost everything I've done with threat intelligence, with working with business leaders to talk about how different business units can capitalize on all of security's functions, try to help get them to get more support towards the cybersecurity. So we're not just a speed bump because that seems to be like the thing where we're just the police getting in the way of what they're trying to do. Using all the experiences that I've had in every organization, every unit I've worked in has been very beneficial in getting that done as a sales engineer, I think. I'm having a lot of fun with it as well because it's not near as stressful, I think. I don't think it is. Maybe I'm doing it wrong, but I feel like if I'm having fun doing this, then <laughs> it's fine. But it's fun. It's fun. I mean, there's some, there's stress and everything, but it's a different kind. And I miss the little digging in and going and hunting for the bad guys. That stuff kind of still gets me excited. But now I get to teach people how to do it. So there's like the handoff and hopefully they go and hunt those bad guys and Tell me about it someday. I would imagine hunting bad guys, learning about cybersecurity, and even witnessing women transitioning into the field, you probably gain a lot of wisdom and advice for women and people in general. But what are some of the challenges of women transitioning into the technology field, whether they're coming from the military or from another industry? I think the number one thing that I see all the time is self-doubt, not thinking that they're good enough. I mean, it's been a known thing that, you know, men typically see job wreck and they apply. They may have 25% of what's required, but they read through it and they go, I think I can do that. Um, <laughs> and, and they do. And I'm constantly, and I did it to myself too. And I learned because even one of the roles that I applied for I'll be quite frank. I did not qualify for that job. But you know what? I said, I've done enough to know a little bit and I can learn. And I applied and you know what? I got it. I don't want to say I faked it till I made it. No, I figured it out. <laughs> I mm. figured it out. I used Google. I used my resources. I phoned a friend. <laughs> I did it. And, and I want to tell women, I do tell them all the time, don't look at that job title read through the actual, like what they want you to do. And maybe you understand it in a different way. And don't worry about that stuff. Let them tell you you're not qualified. Don't do it to yourself. You're just standing on your own foot. 
So that's the number one thing that I think that like most people are are afraid to apply to those jobs or afraid to talk to that company about what they have, what they're capable of, what they can bring to the table. You kind of got to teach women to toot their own horn and tell them that they're better than what they think they are. And don't let yourself hold yourself back. You are definitely your own worst enemy in this case, because some of these jobs that are open out there, they're begging for people just to apply. You just got to get there. And then of course, showing up to an interview, a lot of of it is, of course, your capability is going to be a necessity, but they just want to know that you can work on their team, right? So you're not a jerk. I don't want to work with jerks. Nobody does. So can you show up and work as a team and get the job done? You didn't fake it till you made it. You figured it out. That sounds like a t-shirt. That's a good rule to live by because we shouldn't be expected to have all the answers when we go into a new role, because that means that we're not growing. We're just going to go from the same role to the same role, but it's where we have that Delta where growth really comes into play. And I think that's incredible. When you think about community, You think about all the things that community can provide. I'd love to hear a story that comes to the top of your mind about the power of community. When did community either pull through for you or someone that you cared about that would be interesting for folks to hear about? I feel like as a community, we've in this industry as a whole across the board, we're all supporting other women in security and getting more women in. I'm seeing it all the time. Like I have many people that have transitioned in and are exposed to different roles that they had never heard of. And I'm getting those ladies now, I mean, in my group saying, hey, this is what I do. What do you think about it? And oh, yeah, I could totally do that. Here's what I used to do. Like just talking to each other and cheering each other on as far as saying, yes, I think you can do this. And this is why being that person and being willing to mentor these people that are wanting to come in. I'm seeing people get their first jobs in cybersecurity and it's really exciting. And then they'll turn around and help somebody else. I feel like that's happening a lot more. And if it's not, if you don't know people that are doing that, like encourage other people to do it. I see it because my group is doing it because I think we're all emulating each other in that way. And I'm hopeful that the domino effect will eventually just keep going and there won't be near as much effort needed to put into this. And that's across the board, not just my women's group, but any, if it's transitioning veterans or people needing a change of pace in their life. I mean, I've had some people on my teams where I'm blown away at the things they've been doing and then they decided to get into tech. I had an intern a couple of years ago that was a gymnastics coach and now he's doing cybersecurity and it's just crazy. It's cool to talk about I encourage having him encourage other people like you can do this, you can learn. It's not as hard as everybody thinks it is, or you don't have to be a hacker and all those things that are expected. I think whenever we share that, even in my own, here's the other part, I guess I should have told this story. I have two children. I have a 20 year old daughter and a 16 year old son. And during the pandemic, I of course had to work from home and so did they (laughs) as a little crowded workspace. But the exposure that my daughter got to me working actually sparked something in her to say, you know what, I think I could do that. I thought what you were doing was extremely technical and I would hate it. I see you get excited. I see you in your meetings and she's gotten a little more involved now. So she's going to my meetups and learning what other women are doing and learning from, you know, my colleagues that she meets and finding out what they're doing and just kind of spreading. So that support in the community that's showing me support is also showing my daughter, which I hope is same thing for other 
parents, their children. I'm sure that we all want our kids to follow in our footsteps, but they fight it and they fight it and they fight it until they don't. Sometimes they're like, you know what? That job isn't that bad. They want to be their own person, but I'm very excited. So I would say that right now in my own life, the community of support towards me, towards my women's group, towards everybody in security that she's gotten exposure to is a win for me because she's got a goal. Now she has a goal. She didn't know what she wanted to be when she grew up. Neither did I at her age and that's okay. But now she has something. That's my win for my community because she's excited about it. And I've gotten other people to get her excited too. That is amazing. And you know what? I'm trying to be more like Larcy myself. I'm probably a little like your daughter, stubborn in my own ways. But whenever I see you, whenever we meet up in person, there is this constant source of fuel or energy that you have. You're always so excited. And I think there's a lot of value that you provide bringing women in. But I think there's also that piece of helping people stay into the field, keeping them sharp, keeping them refreshed, keeping them energized. For any women or people out there that are listening right now, what would be that piece of advice that you have for them to keep them energized and hungry and fueled while they're in the field after they've found their community? Find that connection of purpose, of mission. It's not going to be always about the money. I'm not going to be mad at people that get into this job for the money, but I'm going to be mad when they leave because they didn't ever find their purpose. And it's frustrating. They spent all that time. They took those roles that somebody else really wanted and then hated it. So you got to find that purpose because I feel like no matter what you do, if you have purpose in what you're doing, you're going to stay and you're going to have that drive. But on top of that, you got to have fun with this. Like if you're not having fun at what you're doing every day, I think you're doing it wrong. I don't know what you're doing, but you got to find a way to make it fun. I love it. Live your purpose and have fun. Larcy, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to hop on the mics with us. We're going to drop all your information and even the information for WOSEC down in the show notes, wherever you're listening to this. Larcy, thanks again. And with that, we will see everyone next time. If you found value in this content, it would mean the world to us if you shared it on social media, sent it to a friend, or talked about it over coffee.